0: it's time again for three point podcast three sports guys, three generations and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to three point at gmail.com. Follow three point podcast on social media at three point pod. The fellows will get enrolling right after this from our partners.
1: Memorial Healthcare's Monday walk-in sports injury clinic has returned with the start of fall sports season 9 a.m. to 3:30 p.m. every Monday through October 17th. Athletes will be seen on a walk-in basis every Monday from 9 a.m. to 3:30 p.m. at Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics located in the now building's second floor suite 200 on North Shiawassee Street in Owasso. X-rays can be done for immediate review and upon insurance authorization. Patients can be scheduled for an MRI, CT scan, or any other further imaging needs. For more info, call Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics at 989-541-BONE. That's 989-541-2663 or online at memorialhealthcare.org.
2: Hey, welcome to episode 238 of Three Point Podcast. We're partnered with Sky Mint Cannabis, Michigan's undisputed leader in the industry. Many locations throughout the state of Michigan. Don't forget the coupon code 3.20 at the Corona store. That's 20% off Sky Mint products. Only new customers, but get on in there, support the podcast. And if you're a customer at another dispensary, make the switch. Also, if you're over 21 and a cannabis user, check out the new Sky Mint Reserve. That is... The good stuff. We're also partnered with Memorial Healthcare, home of the new NOW Community Wellness Center. Join us for our fall open house on November 16th from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Tours, raffles, smoothie samples from the Big Salad, all kinds of specials, including 50% off enrollment fees, and a tabletop show with over 30 vendors. It all takes place November 16th at the NOW Building. On North Shiawassee Street in Owasso, Michigan. I also want to thank our local partners, AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse and Hit and Pitch, Pro Real Estate and Auction, NCG Cinemas, welcome, we'll tell you a little bit more about that, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, well we got a jam-packed pod tonight with maybe the greatest Saturday of sports ever. At least currently it is. How's that for a statement, boys, huh? (laughs) We'll we'll also have our. Prisoner
1: of the moment.
2: I always am, but but we'll get into that, man, because it was pretty incredible. And we'll also have a prep spotlight with Brian Calloway of the Lansing State Journal, but uh, we'll do a quick catch up here. Matt, I think I saw that you went to uh, some apple orchard, did some apple cider and pumpkins and stuff. Is that what you did? Yeah, we did the classic fall fun
1: day this Sunday. You know, the lions are on a bye. So, you know, the last few years when when the lions are on a bye, that's what we've kind of done. We're like, all right, let's get this this fall day in. So there's this really cool um it's a it's a farm. It's a huge farm kind of north of Charlotte. Uh pumpkins, hay rides, a ton of stuff for the kids, you know, slides and bubbles and you know concessions and all the classic fall pumpkin patch apple orchard type stuff going on and and it's but it's actually like it's huge it's really really super cool um so it's fun you know especially with the kids we we went with some friends who um their daughter is in the same grade as as my daughter so they're like best friends um so you know we got to hang out with friends we got to see them interact run around play and do that do that fall stuff even though it's funny i know i know sometimes uh michigan gets those indian summer stretches where it hits like the 70s I mean, it, it's still, it's still an adjustment for me for it to be fall. Yeah. But it was like 84 degrees today. And you know, like <laughs> we're out there. It's like, it's like, I'm at the pumpkin patch doing all this stuff. I should be in like a hoodie. I, we, we should be getting like hot chocolate and yeah. stuff like that. Not, not like, right. Not going to get chugging water because we're sweating, but it was fun.
3: This is the dumbest question maybe I'll ever ask, but I'll be honest. I've always wondered it when I see like people in down South tweeting about fall and, and this or that, <laughs> what is like the difference in the, so obviously the, the temperature is warmer. Yeah. Are the leaves changing? Are the leaves falling off the trees? What like what are you missing at this cider mill that would be at like say Uncle John's in St. John's?
1: I think that's the big thing is the climate, but it's it the, what's weird is it gets cold at night, you know, cool, cold, whatever. So the leaves are changing, but that's it, you know, if you look at the fall foliage maps, everything's always later down here. You know, things peak up in the UP, especially in northern Michigan, probably about now. yeah, yeah right now. And it's just kind of starting down here, so it's just later. Honestly, it's the temperature. <laughs> like, like I said, yeah. you go to Uncle John's, and you know you're in your nice Michigan hoodie, and you know you got maybe even a beanie on, and you're snuggling up maybe under a blanket on the hayride. I was just sweating my ass off the whole time at this pumpkin patch. I was like, man, I gotta buy some more water and stuff. So, but it's fun. It, it's super fun because you know you get to do all that stuff and take you, know, a, you talk about take the a colors pictures too.
2: My wife and I were coming home from church today and we took a cruise through the country and I mean, it was just spectacular, the colors yeah. right now, the reds and the oranges, you know. I mean, I'm not one of these guys that says, that says, hey, honey, let's hop in the car and let's go drive all the way up to Mackinac and do a color tour. But I will say Michigan is a pretty cool state for that. And, you know, I got to give some props to uh, our friends over there in East Lansing. The campus of Michigan State is about as gorgeous as it gets when yeah. we're at this oh, time of year. Yeah. You know. It is.
3: It really is. I can't argue that I think it, it's I would say I would probably pick Ann Arbor over East Lansing like every other time of the year except for fall. There is something about I don't know what it is about the campus must because it's right on the river there. Yeah uh, that really makes it pop. It's the it's the social media team, you know, taking advantage of it. I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah. it is incredible. Um I had a little bit of a fun day, so basically I woke up today, you know, maybe used the restroom. So <laughs> it's plugged, so <toilet> I got plugged. <laughs> Really wasn't that bad of a. I don't know how it got plugged in the first place, but as you guys know, I'm at this new apartment, so you know I grab out the plunger. And I, when I say I was plunging this thing with all my might for probably <laughs> ten minutes, I was plunging this toilet. It was would not unplug. I nothing was even left plungering. in the plungering, but there must there must <laughs> been like a little, very small hole that was like leaking everything out. But there was there was nothing left in this bowl by the time you know I'm done. Just would not flush. So about two hours, you know, time keeps going by. You know, I let the toilet fill back up. Give it another try. You know how it works sometimes until it's plugged. Oh, let the bowl fill up. Give it a full strength flush. Nothing. So at this point, I like it's Sunday. I don't have a toilet. So I have to put in a maintenance request. This place, I already know how it's probably going to be, you know, two, three days before they get there. So I'm like, you know what? I wrote my my sleeves. I had to Home Depot. I said, I'm going to solve this myself. Wow. I don't know anything about this stuff. So I'm like, just looking at the plumbing area. I get like a drain snake. One, Ted, before you even comment on this, I know what you're probably thinking at some point. I don't have Charlie at the ready to, you know, help me with every to every <laughs> you know, man's job that I need. So so I'm doing this. So I get all this. I get a Home Depot orange bucket. I get, you know, a like heavy duty plunger that's got the long nose on it, like an elephant yeah. trunk. Mm-hmm. So maybe that'll help. I get a drain snake, three foot like auger thing. Uh I'm back and, you know, I take off my shirt, just sweatpants, got these rubber, like latex gloves. (laughs) And for the next 10 minutes, I'm like running this drain snake through here. Little to my surprise, man, I give it a few cranks and it clears right up. And it just made the rest of the day just incredible. I felt I'm like flying on cloud nine right now because I've never I'm not a handyman whatsoever. I've always been the first to admit that my expertise when it comes to that sort of thing is basically landscapes, mowing lawns. Like, I'll, I'm a I'm mower. I know how to run that sort of thing. But anything in the house or, you know, hammer and nails, putting together a desk, I'm an idiot. So, I felt pretty accomplished, you know, having done that this morning.
1: But so the main, the main reason.
3: The second part. Real quick, real quick.
1: The main yeah. reason you went to Home Depot is because you had to use the bathroom, right?
3: <laughs> no, I actually did. I will admit, I stopped <laughs> at the, the old leasing office. I just had drank coffee right as this was all happening, which is why I was on the toilet in the first place. So, I had another round. I actually stopped at the old leasing office on my way out to Home Depot. <laughs> it left them a surprise in the locker room. Um, so, but anyways, so this Hope it wasn't day, an upper decker. Yeah. So, this past Saturday, as I was back in uh, Corona, you know, watching uh, at my at our, at cousin Casey, Chi Town drummer, at his house, watching, you know, Penn State, Michigan, uh, I made a couple stops around town, stopped at Meyer to get some booze, uh, stopped at the uh, Downs Deluxe Barbershop, got a haircut. So, as I'm at Meyer, I, somebody yells to me, This older lady and says, "Hey, I know you." I was like, "Uh, "I had no idea who she was." You're you're from Three Point Podcast. I said, "Yeah." So I'm feeling good for a second. Then very first words out of her mouth after that, "You're shorter than I thought you'd be." (laughs) So that's basically just a round of quick recap of my weekend. Had some highs, had some lows. Was Um, her
2: name Carolyn? Was her name Carolyn?
3: I don't think I ever got yeah. her name, to be honest. I, I don't well, she, know.
1: She, she tweeted us that she she met you. I oh, didn't see Matt, that. Carolyn. Yes. Yep.
3: There you go. So yeah, so that was, you know, kind of cool, I guess, for us. Yeah, I,
1: I think I, I think I told the story that this past summer I, I met her too at Meyer. And so so her tweet to us was that finally I've met all three of three point mm-hmm. podcasts. She's so. a super
3: yeah, she's the ultimate super fan. That's really, That's awesome. Appreciate your support. Um yep. but yeah, she's uh she definitely knocked me down a few pegs as as if I'm not already short enough. So she she
2: goes back to my younger days when I used to hang out at a bar by the corner pub. It used to be called the sportsman. And she used to, she used to be tending the bar there. So we go back a long way. I don't have a lot on catch up guys, but I did want to throw this out there. Uh, My brother, George, he's got twin boys. They're young teenagers. I don't know if they're 13 or 14. They're actually mirror twins. Do you know what mirror twins are? They're not identical twins, but, there's a phenomenon where it's called mirror twins. Tommy's a lefty, Teddy's a right hander, and and their hair parts opposite ways. It's it's very yeah, weird. it is.
3: It is kind of like they.
0: How do
2: you spell? I'm curious. How do you spell mirror? Like look like in a mirror. Mirror. Oh, okay. yeah, mirror. Yeah, wow. I got the Michigan accent going, but but yeah. uh, George has George has done pretty well. He you know for the boys he splits them up, and they they both love their own college football teams. Teddy's a Michigan Wolverine all the way tommy's notre dame all the way because they live in goshen indiana you know so they have fights between themselves over the two teddy got to go to the night game michigan and hawaii unfortunately tommy went to the notre dame and stanford game this last saturday night so yeah but it's it's a cool thing that they get to do and uh, i just wanted to send a shout out to them because you know that that is that is cool
3: you i mean i I tell you why i can't believe i'm saying this It's a lot better to be a Michigan fan right now than as a Notre Dame fan. I never would have thought. My whole life, it's never been that case. At this point in time, these last two years, the way we're rolling, man, it's a great time to be a Michigan fan.
2: It sure is. And we're going to get a lot more into that uh, after our prep spotlight with Brian Calloway. Before we get to that, though, uh, we have, like I mentioned, a new sponsor, NCG Cinemas. They're on board for uh, for a few weeks with us, and with good reason, because uh, they've donated to the cause. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Matt?
1: Yes, sir. NCG Cinemas is the official movie theater sponsor of Three Point Podcast. Visit NCG to see all the newest movie releases in comfort by reserving one of our VIP reclining seats. Plus, NCG also has free refills on popcorn and soft drinks, so you get the most value out of your movie-going experience head over to NCG and Owasso or any of the NCG theaters all over Michigan,
2: really all over the country. Yeah. There's I, actually some down, down here in North Carolina too. Yeah. I want to add to that a little bit. I mean, they have 26 locations in nine States. I mean, the Owasso one is the one I go to most of the time because it's convenient. And you know, this old gray hair guy that I am, my wife and I, a lot of times will go to 11 o'clock matinee and hardly mm-hmm. anybody there, you know, he's still got the rest of the oh. day, but, uh, the Lansing, the East Lansing one there yeah. is just incredible. I mean, yep. they have they have drinks, right? And they, they also put on live events. They're going to have a Coldplay live concert going on sale oh, nice. here. Uh, they, they have UFC fights on the big screen. I mean, awesome. it's just a great, great spot to go. And also, sports fans like us, we like our popcorn when we're watching games. You can buy some popcorn right. to go. And enjoy that movie theater popcorn. So there's there's nothing like movie theater popcorn, man. Absolutely, and they they got some great releases coming up too. You know, Black Adam with the Rock and Wakanda Forever. I mean, there's some good stuff coming. So go see your local NCG Cinemas, and we're glad to be partnered up with them.
1: Yeah, but the big thing the the big thing that brings us on is yeah uh, the giveaway that we're doing with NCG and our our great friends at Rivals Tap House and Grill. And you'll, you'll be seeing some some uh, social media posts too. But but the giveaway that we're doing is for the Michigan-Michigan State game on October 29th. So both teams are on a bye this upcoming week. So they get to rest up and get ready. But uh, we want everyone to head to rivals because what you can do is obviously watch the game on all their, their screens all over and their big screen, get some great food, get some great drinks, but also win some cool stuff. So NCG hooked us up with an autographed Jim Harbaugh football. So, I mean, I know for Michigan State fans, probably not that exciting. Still pretty cool if you happen well, to win that.
3: If, if you're a state fan and you win that, imagine the irony of just like tossing it in a you know a garbage can or something right. like that. I mean, that's hey, if you win it, do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. The,
1: the thing I thought I was like, even if you were a state fan, you probably have a family member or friend yeah, who's a Michigan exactly. fan. So now, now you got a Christmas present. You know, yep. it's going to be awesome. The other stuff, we're, we're going to have some ESPN swag, um, some rivals gift cards. And our friends over at AZ Printing Solutions hooked us up with some koozies, some rivals, and three-point podcast koozies. So it's going to be cool. I mean, head, head to rivals. We always hype them up. That's a great place mm-hmm. to watch sports. Get some food, get some drinks, and it's free to win, have a chance anyway, to win some of this cool these cool prizes. There, there is not a,
3: a better atmosphere uh, on, a, on, I don't know, if the, on, on a, the single Saturday every year than being at a Michigan bar for a Michigan-Michigan State game. Uh, you know, rivals right up there at the top of the list. Like I said, it's a perfect sports bar, and and it's all the people you know. And, it, and it's just the – that's what makes the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry, in my opinion, so much better than Ohio State, man. Go to your local rivals, and you see it for yourself, especially yeah. when there's a Jim Harbaugh side football on the
1: line
2: too. <laughs> and I think I'm going to – actually, boys, I think I'm going to be representing Three Point Podcast there. I think oh, I'm going to go. I think I'll run the show as far as the giveaways. I'm pretty sure that what I'll do is at halftime, we'll do the big draws and, oh, and cool. see what we can do. So you got to stick around for halftime at least to, and to, to win the prize, but man, what better spot than rivals. And it's so good to be teamed up with NCG and that chance to win that Harbaugh yeah. autograph football. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll have the prep spotlight next guys. And uh, we'll talk with Brian Calloway of the Lansing state journal right after this. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankered Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call
1: 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso.
0: Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that, too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today.
2: Well, it's now time for the Prep Spotlight presented by Capital Sports Fieldhouse. Our special guest this evening... Brian Calloway of the Lansing state journal. He does an outstanding job on prep coverage. And really that's what we're all about here, even though we do die M Michigan and Michigan state and the lions, but high school sports, it's what it's all about. So thanks for joining us, Brian. And, you know, we want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the Lansing area, but before we do give us a little bio on yourself, How, what, what sent you over to uh, Lansing to cover sports?
4: Yeah. So I, I uh, went to college at Eastern Michigan and, um, Got done there about 05 and was down in Adrian actually for about five or six years before making the trek up to to Lansing. When I was started in Lansing, kind of doing some behind the scenes stuff before I really uh, started really digging in on some prep stuff. And I did some Michigan State stuff prior to you know going full fledged on on preps. But yeah, I've been doing preps in Lansing probably for about seven or eight years now. So it's kind of crazy to think it's been that long for sure.
1: I mean, how do you think Ted feels? You've been doing it for how long, Ted? Thirty-seven years. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love it still. Yeah. yeah,
1: Brian. I want to ask you uh, in our prep spotlight. I'm pro- I, I do this to every guest we have who the, the media members who cover the sport. Are uh, the three of us are Corona Cavalier alums? They're in D five this year, so I've got to ask D five. What teams are you looking at that would potentially be you know hurdles for Corona in the playoffs? Are we thinking Portland? Is that probably the biggest one in the Lansing yeah, area? I think, yeah, I think Portland
4: is the one that immediately jumps out at me as far as in kind of in Greater Lansing. And, I mean, Greater Lansing's kind of got a nice little staple of D5 teams. You look at Portland and obviously with what they've done and went into CWAC White once again, and you know they just went up to Cadillac and got a win on Friday, which that, that was a pretty big win because Cadillac of a team that would just have climbed into top 10 in Division three. So, and, you know, Portland went toe-to-toe with DeWitt. I don't think DeWitt is – know the team that we've seen over the past few years but you know DeWitt is still DeWitt so they went toe-to-toe with DeWitt and you know lost the game in the last seconds there Um, but then you also kind of look at some of the other teams Williamston is a team that it's kind of intriguing just because of you know their quarterback Alex Petersburg who's kind of a dual threat guy and he just led them to a big win over Alavet and you know Alavet is a team that was playing well and had just climbed into the top 10 in division five and then you know I mentioned Alavet I mean they're a team you know that had, you know, has has, you know, made some strides recently. I mean, they lost you know, their season opener to Charlotte, but they've been pretty strong since, other than you know, that hiccup against Williamston last week. So I think when you know, you're looking at our area, I think Portland is kind of the team in division five that would probably kind of pose the biggest challenge to Corona. But I mean with what Corona's done this year, I mean, that's been pretty outstanding with what they've done. I know they lost quite a bit from that team last year that you know made it to the regional. And then for them to be, you know, seven and one, you know, right now, I mean, it hits Pretty good season for them.
3: What, what, the big name that I feel like I hear all the time in the Lansing area in terms of a, a stud player is, is Evan Boyd. We know how good he is. Uh, committed to Central Michigan, wide receiver from East Lansing. Who's another uh, player or two that you think maybe that d- doesn't get as much pub as Evan Boyd but a star uh, in the high school ranks?
4: I think if you're kind of looking at some stars, I mean, I think Mason is kind of – has got some players that are a little bit under the radar with what they've been doing. And you know Mason's the only team in the greater Lansing that's still unbeaten eight and O heading into a week nine contest against Eden Rapids. And they have a sophomore quarterback that's put up some pretty big numbers, chasing cars. Well, you know, over a thousand yards passing, uh, has got 22 touchdowns, I believe, which is a school record. Just yeah. threw for 313 yards last week and a win over Jackson as well, too, which is just shy of a single game school record. And he's had some pretty nice performances for them. And like I said, he's only a sophomore, so I mean, I think he's one of those guys. I mean, you know, Dewitt's got a lineman, Matthew Neff, who's going to Central Michigan as well, too. And obviously, with kind of the position that he plays, you know, you don't necessarily get as much pub as someone like an Evan Boyd and. You know, East Lansing, you know, even look at Evan Boyd's teammate, Dorian Jackson. He's a guy that you know, committed to Grand Valley before the start of the season. Um, and and he, he's a kind of a guy on the opposite side that can make some big plays for them. So those are some of the few. I mean, even Nakaya Makri from Hazlitt is an intriguing guy, a, a running back and a dangerous kick returner. I mean, he opened his season by returning a, a couple of kicks for scores against DeWitt. And, you know, and he's a very shifty running back. Guys, people don't kick to him at all as well, too. Uh, and he's he's just a fun guy to watch play as well, too. So I think those are maybe some of the other names to kind of think about when you're kind of looking at some of the talent in, in the Lansing area, for sure.
2: You know, there was one I was going to ask you about that you didn't mention there. I don't know if you were at the DeWitt Grand Ledge game, but the kid for Grand Ledge, Sean Foster, ripped off 400 yards and seven touchdowns in okay. a 56-49 win over the Panthers. I mean, that's a that's a game for all time. Were you First of all, were you there? And what do you think of Sean Foster?
4: No, I was not at that game. Actually. I was at the Portland Charlotte game that day, but you know, Sean Foster is a guy, you know, he comes from good lineage. Obviously his dad was a high school star in, uh, at Lansing Sexton and, you know, went on to play at Michigan state and, you know, and this Sean Foster, uh, his, his son, I mean, quite, quite a performance in quite the year that he's having. I mean, he's a guy that hadn't played quarterback since fifth grade. They slide him in at quarterback this year. And, you know, obviously because a little bit of adjustment when you're, you know, getting back into a position that you haven't played, but I mean, he's just been outstanding for them this year. They are, uh, you know, seven, seven touchdowns in that game against the mm-hmm. wit, you know, 396 yards scores, the game winning touchdown with 51 seconds left as well too. And you know, he's just had a heck of a senior season and I'm actually going to get a chance to see him play for the first time this year on Friday. Cause they have East Lansing and a, Pretty big game that will decide who uh, shares the CWAC Blue title with uh, Holt. But, no, yeah, he's definitely one of those guys as well, too, that will jump out at you, too, with with just what he's done as a senior, you know, especially playing quarterback for them. And he's also, you know, headed to uh, Grand Valley to play football as well.
2: Yeah, I was going to tell Matt and Jared they'll be happy about that.
1: Go Lakers. Yeah, (laughs) Grand, Grand Grand Valley just picked up a big W over Ferris, right?
2: Yeah, anchor bone, baby. That's right. Um, I want to ask you. So you
1: you, when we were talking about Corona, um, you kind of said, you know, not necessarily a surprise year for them, but, you know, like coming off of last year, you know, big, big season so far for them. Any schools in Lansing in the Lansing area that either way are a surprise? You thought they were going to be really good and they're down or maybe a, a team that you didn't expect to have a great season and and they're looking really good. Any teams that stick out to you? You know, I think the one that jumps out
4: is Lansing Catholic. That's kind of been the big name around here for so many years. Our team that just won a state championship last year had won two state championships in the last three years. And, you know, for them, you know, just to be, you know, hanging by their uh, uh, pins and needles, just trying to get into the playoffs. I mean, they're only, what, three and five now. They just got a big win last week over Fowlerville. But, you know, I definitely did not see them being a team that's, know under 500 just based on you know what they've been able to do since really 2008 when you know, Jim hearn took over and shortly after Jim hearn took over that program you now so for them to you know kind of be struggling this year was something i didn't expect at all mm-hmm. i think Lansing and waverly has been one of the good stories around here as well too i mean their team have been you know has you know not had a lot of success recently you know they won their first four games of the season or i think it was yeah, three of their first. Actually, it was three of their first four games of the season. They won. They're four and four right now. They're in position to make the playoffs. Although they have a big game this week against the Wit. So I think they've been a good story as well too. Just because they, you know, haven't had as much success recently, and you know, they had a new coach. You know, DAI Jones. You know, took over that program, and he's been able to, you know, get them to play respectable football and actually, you know, be in contention to make the playoffs, which is something that hasn't been said about uh, Lansing-Waverly football in, in some time. And Portland St. Patrick is an eight-player team that has been a powerhouse in the Greater Lansing for for some time. And they're sitting at three and five as well, too. So definitely did not see that happening as well, too, considering all the success that they've had and and the deep runs that they've been able to make in eight-player football in recent years.
3: Uh, I want to ask you about a kid who actually isn't isn't in high school anymore, but he's in college. And we've been lucky enough to be able to watch him on Saturdays. Uh, That's Andrew Anthony, former East Lansing wide receiver. Uh, I know you wrote. He you needs know, to a get more playing time. Back right today, we we love watching him. We've kind of been wondering where he's been at this year, but it's just such a stacked receiver room that we, he hasn't been on the field as much or hasn't you know popped off the screen like he did in NC Lansing last year. Uh, what do you remember about him and what type of kid was he?
4: Oh, Andrew was a was a great kid. Uh, you know, he's one of my favorite guys to cover. Uh, no, I actually, when he was like uh, going, kind of going through the recruiting process a little bit, he did a little bit of a recruiting diary for us. So he would oh, kind of update man. things from time to time, and you know, kind of, you know, did, you know, tell us what was going on with him, and kind of giving us like a inside scoop for, you know, for him to provide his perspective on the the process as well too. But you know, I just remember him just kind of being this this, you know, very very nice kid, very humble kid, but also just a, such a standout guy on the field, and just. You know, with all the plays that he was able to make for East Lansing. And, you know, like you said, I mean, you know, from watching football on Saturdays, you're like, yeah, when's he going to get the ball more? When's he going to be right. in the field more? Is that, I mean, Man. it's kind of been tough for him to be out there, kind of with the stacked receiver room that Michigan has had. But, you know, he really, with the performance he had, you know, last year in East Lansing, he really thought that that's going to be a sign of some things to come for him in that Michigan right. football program. And, hey, I think he could still do some, some things there for sure.
1: Yeah. And maybe to your point, uh, he, you know, you mentioned how he, his character and good kid, at least from what we see, he doesn't seem to be complaining about playing time or or touches or anything like that. So it is cool. Yeah,
4: you know, and yeah, I, he didn't ever seem to be like that kind of kid where you know it's kind of all about him. You know, sometimes you see those kids that are. There And, you know, they want the immediate, they, you know, they got to be on the field immediately. And, you know, if it doesn't work out that way, it's like, hey, I got to enter the transfer portal or things like that. But he never kind of, you know, gave that vibe to me from, you know, the times when I was covering him as one of those kids that was going to jump ship if, you know, he wasn't getting the playing right. time immediately and whatnot. Right. And, you know, I think Michigan kind of was a, a dream scenario for him as well, too. I remember... From you know him in high school, his dad was a big Michigan fan, and you know would always be watching uh, Michigan games a lot. And I think his mom was actually a Michigan State grad, so a little bit of a house divided there. But I mean, I think you know the appeal. I mean, I think his dad, you know, uh, you know, being a Michigan big Michigan fan, I think he just kind of really relishes you know being able to you know watch his son play and you know you know run onto the big house field every every uh, Saturday.
2: Yeah. You know, Brian, things have changed a lot from from when I started out, especially in the newspaper business. You're, you've been in the business now 10, 15 years, whatever it is. What have you seen the biggest challenge uh, for the newspaper business in general? I mean, it seems like everything's going to social media nowadays. Obviously, the online editions are are really where most people are getting their news from. Are you finding that a hindrance or you just adjusting to it and, uh, you know, growing with it?
4: You always just have to adjust to it and grow with it. And I just remember when I started in the industry, uh, you know, Twitter wasn't even a thing yet, um, you know, and and you know, online wasn't even that big of a presence then. I mean, I know mm-hmm. when I worked in Adrian, I remember you know, we had an online website, but it was like you know, you posted stuff later in the day, and it wasn't the first place that people were getting their news. They were more so picking up the paper and getting their news. But you know, now it's just big online, you know, and you know, people don't pick up the paper as much. You know, I don't mind it as well too, just because. Of the instantaneous thing, you know, being able to update things quickly. If you do happen to make a mistake, being able to fix that and update that quickly as well, too. So, I mean, I think there's some very good things about it. And there's also some bad, some bad things about it as well, too, just because of the time demands. And you now being yeah. in the news industry is almost like a 24-7 cycle. You always got to be kind of on and, you know, kind of knowing mm-hmm. what's going on as well, too, right. uh, just because, you know, you never know when something can break and then, you know, it can kind of adjust your day and, and whatnot as well, too. But You know, I I, I kind of enjoy kind of, you know, the the social media atmosphere of it and and just being able to, you know, access things quickly and, and connect with people as well, too. You know, just being able to connect with athletes via social media, whether it's Twitter or Instagram and things like that. and. No, I think it's a unique opportunity for someone that's a journalist, you know, to kind of build your own brand as well, too, mm-hmm. via social media. I mean, it's almost like what you guys have with you know your pod as well, too, and being able to you know, kind of build a brand through social media and you know right. reach people that you you know may not be able to reach just by advertising, like, oh hey, we have this podcast, let's put it in the newspaper and hope someone listens to it. I mean, I think just the power of social media, you can reach so many more people and get you know some of your content, you know. Have have you know eyes on so many more people right. than you can reach just right. through basically a basic newspaper that has a circulation that's only spread out around a certain area. Sure.
3: I'm just a you know a media media peon, so this probably doesn't mean you know much. But I think you're a great writer. I love reading your writing. I always have, even when I was in high school. Um, you know, M Live, you always have great stuff. Or not, excuse me, not MLive. Live. But
1: uh, <laughs> not that.
3: But anyway, so, yeah, yeah. Atlanta State Journal. I, I love your your writing. But uh, you've been doing this like fifteen years, like Ted said. What's uh, some of your favorite stories that you've done over the years?
4: You know, I think there's some of those stories where you, you can kind of document, you know, stories about athletes and, you know, overcoming tragedy and things not like that and the different unique stories and circumstances you know, that they face. I think those are the ones that always kind of stand out at you, as well as maybe some like special projects and things that you can work on. I'm kind of a big baseball junkie, so sometimes I, yeah. I enjoy some of the the bigger pieces that I've done uh, baseball-wise on the Lansing nuts and kind of like, you know, the impact that they've had on downtown Lansing and whatnot. Um, but you know, there's also some you know, high school stories and things like that and things that you've been able to cover from a high school perspective that, you know, kind of jump out at you as well too, or athletes that you cover as well too. Like, you know, you talked about Andrew Anthony earlier. I mean, that was right. you know, and being able to cover him was awesome. You know, Brandon Johns was another guy that was yeah. at East Lansing that was at Michigan. And, you know, I got to cover him throughout his entire high school career. So I think, you know being able to follow some of these standout athletes as they kind of progress through high school and then you know see them you know be able to reach their dreams and you know earn the you know division one scholarships is is very fun to do and, and also yeah. seeing teams reach the the top of the mountaintop you know when the team you know wins the state championship and you're able to follow their run and you see them you know actually do yeah. it especially you know Fordsfield you know or you know the Breslin Center when they yeah, when they do it as well too. I mean those are just kind of exciting moments and those things that you kind of no, they energize you as well too, because right. especially basketball. I mean, basketball can be a long season; it can be a yeah. grind. And, you know, from you know, going from you know late November and December until you know late March, and you know, it can kind of wear you down a little bit. But you know, I think once you get to March Madness and basketball season, then all of a sudden you're you got that energy going again, and you know, seeing you know teams going runs and just the atmosphere at games just kind of gives you gives you that energy and gets you excited about what you're doing.
2: Yeah. yeah. I definitely agree with you there. It is a grind, but when it's capped off at a at a weekend at Breslin, that's kind of nice. It's it's a good setup. You know, final question for you, Brian. If you uh, if you look at uh, you, all the sports you cover, are you like us? This is the time of year. Football really is the king, or or is there another sport that you like to follow better?
4: No, I think football, I mean, I, I, I'm like I said, I'm a baseball junkie, but there's nothing like high school football, just like the week to week thing and being able to set up things and, you I know, I, I, it's my favorite sport to cover from a high school perspective. And, you know, the audience is there, P two, The community yeah, yeah. there. I mean, people love to rally around the high school football game. And, you know, you see they get the take in the atmosphere from the stands whenever you're at a game as well, too. So I just really enjoy football season and kind of following the week-to-week progression of, of things. And I like, too, that it's, you know, kind of once-a-week things so you're able to mm-hmm. kind of set things up from time to time yeah. and kind of look at right. the big games. I mean, it's so hard to do that with all the other sports, especially – you know basketball when they're playing you know, two three times a week where you it's kind of hard to you know kind of right. set things up from that perspective yeah. just because it's bang 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 but you no know, football is that unique sport where it's kind of the once a week kind of thing and you, know, you can set up big games and you can kind of uh you know, just the atmosphere that surrounds surround football games as well too i mean they're community yeah. events and you know, football is kind of what drives the boat for a lot of schools for sure Friday night.
1: Especially when you, those Friday night lights, especially when you've been in a, in a community, you know, you've been in the Lansing area now for a while, you're getting pretty well plugged in us growing up in Corona the, the Durand story this year is really cool. We had, we had their head coach on a couple of weeks ago and seeing them beat new Lothrop and win their first league title in like 30, 40 years, you know, those are the kind of stories that you, you get those in, in basketball and you know, other sports, but I don't know, maybe it's because we love football. It seems like they're just very different in high school football.
4: You no, know, yeah, they, they definitely are, you know, and like you said, I mean, I was kind of following along that uh, Duran-New Lothrop game as well, too, because it had big implications for Ovid Elsie you know, which is mm-hmm. part of our coverage area as well, too. And, you know, if, you know, New Lothrop would have pulled off the win, that could have ended in a – that lead could have ended in a three-way yeah. tie as well, too. So, I mean, that was kind of an exciting game to follow, just kind yeah. of the high stakes and obviously New Lothrop's New Lothrop, and, you know, mm-hmm. and they've had so much success over the years. So, but you know, hats off to Duran and, you know, what they've been able to do, and it's – Really started, you know, when they beat Lanesburg, uh, you know, with a nice little win in, in week one. And Lanesburg's you know, been a pretty good team this year. Hasn't lost since, you know, falling in week two to, you know, Paloma, Westphalia and won a share of a league title as well, too. So, you know, what Duran has done has been very impressive.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. Well, great stuff here, Brian. Uh, we do appreciate it. We also appreciate you uh, being a charter member of the three point podcast prep preview. We always look forward to your outlook of the season before it all begins. Before we sign off, tell our listeners best spot to, to check you out.
4: Yeah, you can definitely check me out. Uh, stories on LSJ.com, as you said. And I'm on, I'm on Twitter at Brian, B-R-I-A-N underscore Callaway, C-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y. Thanks guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yep. No no problem.
2: Thanks for the time. We'll we'll be back with a little further wrap up here on our prep spotlight. But first this from Capital sports field house. Capitol sports field house is the home of hit and pitch and a whole lot more. The 10,000 square foot turf field can be used for all indoor sports training, including football, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer, and many other activities. Hit and pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel and the state-of-the-art hit tracks training system utilized by MLB organizations. Located in the old Capitol Bowl JC Penny block on South Washington in Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports and Hit and Pitch at 989-472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. All right, that was really that was really fun with Brian. He knows his stuff on the Lansing area, and you know he even knows the stuff a little closer to home that we like let's let's talk a little local stuff here first of all normally i would lead off with corona but i got to lead off with the duran railroaders they came in number five in division six brian talked about it a little bit Twenty-three, twenty-one win over new lothrop new lothrop was number nine in division seven and we know what kind of program they had i mean duran's got it going man it's 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 going down the railroad all the way man <laughs> how, <laughs> how awesome did was you, the, is
1: that should it show your notes did you write that down did i
2: did you? not write that down <laughs> <I> <laughs> you came did. up
1: with
3: that on the way all right. i stumbled how over that awesome one. was it seeing uh coach covered in uh you know the gator i think it was water uh yeah right after the game i mean just a great photo i mean that's what, that's sometimes you, you don't even need to see the story you don't even need to see the recap you don't need the write-up you just need a good photo yeah. to really hammer a, a moment home i mean it, it's awesome we were all pulling for him, you know, from week one, Led, then you know, we talked to him. Great interview. You know, people loved it. I, I'm, I'm still pulling for him the rest of the way. It's yeah. a great story. It is it's
1: a great story. First, first league title since 1983. That's just, that's a banner. That yeah, banner. I mean, and, and like, like Brian said, I mean, and, and we know we have coach Galvis on, we've had him on a few times. New Lothrop is a power. New Lothrop is one of the best programs in the state. And even if maybe they're a touchdown this year, that's a huge win for Duran. Oh, yeah. So, man, that that gives you the Duran's rolling down that railroad, like you said, Ted. <laughs> you beat New Lothrop. Now those kids are saying we can win it all. Yeah, I mean, because you know, like you know, even though they were confident going in that game, you know, it's in the back of their mind, like, oh God, we this New Lothrop team. They beat New Lothrop. Now let's let's go win it all, man. Let's let's go to Ford Field.
2: You know, and I did write this down. Okay, a little takeoff on tucks coming, trains coming, baby. <laughs> 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 now so
1: what about so he he brought up brian brought up ovid lc yes and we were we were signing off but ovid LC, corona this friday right
2: on the turf over at uh o'donnell field that's going to be a pretty so, good game i think so I, who's ovid it, who's it just, bigger
1: for you you guys know a little more than me who who's it bigger for is it maybe we should be asking snooze our, our guest yeah. uh, last week is it bigger for corona or is it bigger for oe what do you guys think
3: uh I think that's a it's, good question it's big – I mean, it's it, that's a classic rivalry that – that's what we talk about. We always say we want to see the old MMB, you know, mm-hmm. play out. That's a classic okay. rivalry, man. I don't care if these kids hardly know each other. The second you step on that field, it's going to be a bigger crowd than what you would normally expect on a, you know, Friday night game between Corona and Swords Creek. There's mm-hmm. a bragging rights on the line. I mean, I don't care. We, you know, both teams are probably going to make playoffs regardless. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's just a flat-out bragging rights game. And, I mean, it's huge to win that week nine game heading into playoffs. You lose that game and you're like limping into playoffs. It's so big. It's big at any level, let alone high school. When like you're living, (laughs) these kids are living and dying on every snap uh, and momentum swings are crazy. Uh, So I think just in that sense, it's, it's a huge game for both teams. Yeah. Especially if
1: you lose it, like if say say, if you would have won it, you would be hosting your first round playoff game. If you lose it and now you have to go on the road in the first round,
2: it's just like bad vibes, you know, heading into the playoffs. Kind of like you said. I think that's where it's at because I, I think Corona right now probably has enough points that they will definitely host a first round game. If they get the win, they'll probably host two games, depending where they go, Lansing, or if they go the other way, you know, and we've talked about it before, they'd get a tough draw. If they got Frankenmuth in their, uh, in their district, but uh, it should be a good game, a great rivalry game. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. And we're broadcasting that one on the castle, by the way. So oh, nice. I'll you have happen- some juice. Nice. So
1: yeah, definitely tune into the castle. I'll up Friday night. I'll I'll be on that app. I'll be on that free Z925 app listening yeah, to boy. The, the sweet nothings of Ted Fattel coming <laughs> over the airwaves. Sweet nothings, that's that's that. <laughs> The um it's I'll, kind of the same for me as sorry Jared, I didn't mean to yeah, cut you Yeah, no, go ahead. No, The Ovid thing is kind of the same to me, and, and it's not taking shots at the program or anything, but as the Duran thing, because Elsie, when I was playing, you know, early two thousand late nineties, early two thousands, Elsie was down. I mean we we Corona was, I mean, we, we were smoking them every single time. I mean, my, my senior year, we beat them 44 to zero and, um, you know, Ovidelce was just down. So when they turned things around, you know, the last 10 years or whatever, it it was one of those where I was like, really Ovidelce? Okay, cool. But it's awesome to see. I mean, they, I'm blame-
2: they won a state title, right? Or they- no, they they lost in the state championship okay. game. That was Chris Robinson's team, and he was probably the the greatest running back I've seen in our area. Man, he yeah, was he stun. was he was incredible.
3: I remember watching those games as a kid. I think he was actually dinged up in yeah, the state championship the state game, game so he didn't even get to like really even leave his mark. Uh, I'm looking at the snooze to use site right now. I'll be honest. Duran, I didn't realize they were D six. That makes all this yeah. even more impressive. I thought they were D five this whole entire time. I'm no. looking at D six, and I'm looking at what their draw would be right now. It's Durant, Lanesburg, Ovidelcy, and Lansing Catholic, which Brian Calloway wow. just you know let us know how down they are this year. And then on top of that, you know they would have t- a tough matchup and potentially a Clinton or a Constantine in you know the regional final. But here's the thing about D six compared to like a D five or Uh, D4, where there's a Grand Rapids, Catholic Central, Frankenmuth. There's really not a world beater waiting for you. Durant can beat any one of these teams, or at least they're going to be in a tight game with any one of these teams they face. You just hope they don't you know, get a little too big for their bridges. Uh, You just hope they keep doing what they're doing, what's got them here, because I I tell you what, and I say this, uh, like when I heard you say Ford Field, Matt, I was like, you know, kind of thought to myself, I don't know if that's likely. But looking at this as it's currently laid out, they have a damn good chance. Keep battling. Keep doing what they're doing. Keep pounding it down people's throat, Jim Harbaugh style, with that wing tee. <laughs> you, uh, so you're we're we you mentioned the, the end of the day. We can maybe do this more than you know, say a Brian Calloway or, or a writer who has to cover these teams. Let's say Duran and Corona play on neutral field. What do you guys think? Who do you think wins that ball game? Ooh.
1: I mean, I'll, I'll give my two cents real quick. You guys, Ted, you've watched Corona a, a, a few times already. You know, I, have you broadcasted Duran game yet? I have year? not, so it's going to be okay.
2: tough for me to even say. I mean, I completely guessing. So we're, we're guessing. going off.
1: Yeah, we're going off of what Coach John Webb told us and you know other stuff. I it seems like to me from afar, contrasting styles. Mm-hmm. It seems like very contrasting styles. It seems like say uh you know, a, a run and gun Mike Leach air raid team <laughs> right. going up against Georgia Tech back when they used to run the yeah. league. It seems like something like that. That would I don't know. So what what team is gonna be you know,
3: stuff, you know? If I had to say it, I honestly I think Duran would win. I, I I like Corona. I know Corona, that's like kind of our lifeblood, are the, our Corona <laughs> yeah. listeners. So, you know, maybe we just lost a few with that comment. But just if I'm being 100% honest, from what I've seen scores-wise from both teams, I've watched Corona play, seen highlights of Durand. Like you said, the contrasting styles, I'm always going to lean run. If you're a run team that relies on the run in high school football especially, you can count on that a lot more than you can throwing the ball over all over the yard. Uh, I, I really do think Durand is the real deal in this area. I think in Chiawasan County, man, they're the team to beat.
2: They are the real deal for sure, and you talk about the run. I mean, the Allward and Lynn, uh, they're like the dynamic duo that Michigan has. I mean, they're putting up yeah. big numbers, and they definitely pound the ball. I would say this about Corona, and I'm not going to say who I would say win or not, but Corona, I think they do play a little better competition during the regular season. You know, they play in a, a bigger league, right. and uh, they're impressive. I mean, they just picked up it, – it was, it was kind of cool, you know, Goodrich, in the same league, same division as Corona defeated uh, Linden in the, in the upper bracket of the Flint Metro league. And then Corona in an exciting game down Swords Creek, 28, 27, Wyatt Bauer, four touchdown passes, all four touchdown passes and the defense stopped the dragons on a two point try late in the game. So,
3: and I'll be honest that what that makes me say is Goodrich is legit. You know, when I first saw the Corona Goodrich score, I, I thought, Oh, just, you know, whatever, kind of the typical, you know, we're all Corona guys. We know how it goes. You know, they will build up this team, you know, then they kind of lay an egg. Goodrich is legit. I mean, that other division is is big schools. Linden's good every single year. Yeah. There's been years of past where Linden's, you know, railroaded these teams in, in our, our Flint Metro division. So what that tells us is Corona's legit, and that might make me rethink my Corona Durant pick.
2: I didn't no, know that fact. We won't see it happen, but uh, it's going to be fun to talk about. And, you know, on our radio broadcast schedule for the playoffs, uh, you never know where we're going to be. So uh, I wouldn't doubt we'll hop on the train. Somewhere I was going to say, what are, sure. what
1: are you guys going to do? Corona, Durand, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's
2: tough. It's tough. I don't know. And, and you know, also throw in a little uh, Morris eight-man football. Every once in a while, they'll play an early Saturday game. We might end up over at uh, Field of Dreams as Morris yep. beat Portland St. Pat pretty easily, 46-26. So we got a lot of great high school football going on in our area. Week nine coming up, and uh, then it gets real, the playoffs. I can't wait for that. Well, we'll talk a little uh, college football. There was some fairly good games this last weekend, I would say, and we'll get into that right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesney, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing
3: is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. I never thought I'd say this. I really never, never, ever thought I would. You know, all those years we used to watch, you know, uh, Paul, Chris, Brett Bioma at Wisconsin. I used to shit on their play style. I used to hate the run the damn ball uh, way of doing things. Now I see the appeal. There's nothing more satisfying than maybe in all my life than that Saturday we just watched. Michigan just (laughs) absolutely disrobing Penn State by just pounding it right down their throat. It's incredible. It's like watching you know, those Alabama teams with Derrick Henry. This team is so much fun to watch. If I was playing against Michigan, you you just know how much it would irritate you to watch this happen to your team. It's incredible. Corum, yeah. Edwards, two of the most fun backs that you can have in college football. We saw it last year with Corum and Haskins, kind of how they played off each other. And then we were kind of thinking at the time, man, I can't wait to see what this offense is going to look like with Corum getting the bulk of the reps. Now I'm almost like with watching Corum, I'm like, I can't wait to see what this offense is going to be like with Edwards getting right. all these carries because he's almost like a Christian McCaffrey type, where it's like, line him out. You know, he's going to be a mismatch nightmare for linebackers. Run the ball. He does everything. This has just been one hell of a Saturday. Like you said, you set it up at the top of the pod, Ted. What a great Saturday it was. You know, we had a lot of close games to follow that Michigan uh, absolute blowout win at noon. Uh, just just an incredible Saturday. I'm so happy, uh, and I just hope that we always adopt this, you know, sort of Jim Harbaugh mindset. Just keep pounding it down people's throats. I don't care if JJ McCarthy, you know, over the next you know couple years as he develops, if he becomes Tom Brady, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Keep this same sort of mantra going mm-hmm. of run the run the damn ball because it's working and it's a lot of fun to watch.
1: It's it's something that uh, Ted, you, you're going to be the one that probably agrees with this the most. It's something that you can always count on in football. I mean, Jared, you talked about it when we were talking high school football. If if you're a high school football team like Durand that can rely on the run, it's always going to be there. Yeah, there might be a team that kind of stacks the box and kind of slows it down a little bit, but you know you can always rely on the run, especially when you have a good offensive line. That really. Maybe like a great offensive line, yeah. like Michigan has right now. They're gelling. You know they had some injuries early in the season, but now they're coming back. They're getting things figured out. Hopefully, after this bye week, they're really ready to go against Michigan State. But like you you said, you got a backlit like Corum, who was a. I mean, he's in Heisman race. I mean, I, I don't care if people want to call us slappies. He's legitimately in the Heisman race. And then you got a, a change of pace like Edwards. It's really it's it's like the perfect scenario for what Michigan has because they made the move to JJ McCarthy. And you know, we all want to see you were talking about Andrew Anthony and all these receivers that they have. We want to see JJ McCarthy look like CJ Stroud and Ohio State. I mean, I'm I'm one of them. I want to see that. But he doesn't have to be right now. You you said it, I think last week or the last few weeks, Jared, to win all these Big Ten games, maybe until the Ohio State game, this is what you got to do if you're Michigan. Pound pound the rock and you know, just just wear these teams out. You could see that Penn State game. They just wore Penn State out. I mean they, they were just pounding it and pounding it. Penn State coming into the game, I know rankings are kind of BS. They were the number, te- number 10 team in the country coming in. Number five rushing defense in the whole country. And Michigan ran for 418 yards on them. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's just impressive. Run. It was an impressive performance. And the last thing I'll say real quick, I mean, we're going to go more. That halftime score, like the score, isn't really indicative of how dominating that performance is. I saw Joel Klatt said the same thing. He tweeted after the game. I mean, Joel Klatt loves Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, mm-hmm. but he said that that final score doesn't tell how dominating that performance is because really it was like it was like two, three fluke plays that kind of kept Penn State in it. Otherwise, they didn't do shit. <laughs>
2: No, and James Franklin didn't help him a lot either, I thought, on that fourth wow. down call, you know, and the Michigan turned it right around into his face, you know. Yeah. But uh, that was fun to see. Uh, but I'm glad you brought up, I'm glad you brought up the, the offensive line because, you know, Corum and Edwards get all the press, but th- that offensive line is, they're, they're seriously blocking. I mean, they're opening up gigantic holes for these guys. It's yeah. just, it's fun to see. And it was fun to see JJ actually run the option a little bit and and keep it himself on the option. I mean, that gives you three weapons right there, man. it, it. it it's, it is hard not to be excited for the Wolverines right now. I mean, after last year and after the quarterback controversy before the season, we didn't know how everything was going to shake down. But man, they're playing—they're playing well, and I like the fact that both them and Michigan State have buys. You know, there's yeah. no advantage either way. Yep,
3: it's—it's it, it's like it's poetry watching the the like, Quorum and Edwards, you know, go to work. A quorum is—I mean. Would you guys agree? I mean, Matt, you were kind of there for the, the Mike Hart. Ted, you might have other guys that you've seen, obviously, throughout the years at Michigan, yeah. running backs. But, I mean, what we've seen him do last year and every single week this year and as he continues to build, I'm sure we're going to see it the rest of the year this year, how do you not put him at the top of your Michigan running back list? He is so much fun to watch. He's He's got, you know, something about his play style. It's, 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 it's electric. He's short. Mm-hmm. He's stout. He's strong as hell. I mean, we saw that the one yard touchdown run. Might have been his most impressive run of the game was mm-hmm. on whatever it was on the goal line when he had two Penn State like defensive linemen standing it up and he just pushed right through him and got into the end zone. I, he's he's just he's my favorite player. My favorite player on Michigan. Yeah. He's maybe my favorite running back I've ever seen play at Michigan. Uh am I alone in that?
1: I have a couple childhood ones like Anthony Thomas is one of mine. Um I like Biakabatuka. Ted, you remember him? Oh, well, for sure. Yep. and then Mike Mike Hart obviously. Is, yeah. I mean, I mean he was good every year. I mean he he just had a fantastic career at, at Michigan, but Blake Corum is is moving up that.
2: I mean, got he's yes, chasing Hassan, Mike Hart. He's chasing Mike Hart. He's I chasing think
1: right Mike now. Hart. I, I agree, and it's just so impressive watching how he runs. There's that clip in, in one of the runs he he was going off to the side and a Penn State linebacker came and smoked him. And he just stayed up. Yeah, he just, yeah. I mean, he he's got like, knocked to the side, but
3: he stayed up. Got incredible balance, man. Yeah, His
1: cuts. I mean, I you watch the replays of his cuts. I don't know how you tackle him. I mean, you you watch him just put – linebackers come up, they don't know what to do. You're like, do I go at him? Because I'm going to get juked. If I stay yeah. back, I'm going to get juked. He's a hell of a back, man. He's he's a hell of a back.
3: I, I think the one thing that worries me with this team is, is the offensive coordinators. We've talked about it. Even watching it in that first half, I wonder if Jim Harbaugh got in their ear and said, "Run the damn ball." They were right. they, they, they get they have a tendency, and it's a lot of coordinators, like to get too cute. When we were watching it on TV. I was yelling at my screen uh, right. as, as as we're watching this team, you know, basically dominate this first half. But for whatever reason, they you know they couldn't punch it in the red zone. Right. Uh, and even after that great first half, we were still you know in, in a hell of a ball game with Penn State because of a couple bad breaks and us getting a little too cute in offense. We saw it with the McCarthy pick six. Uh, I mean, we were rushing for 5.3 yards per carry at halftime, and yet we only, you know, put up 14 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's the dual coordinators, the fact we got one up on the field, one up in the booth. I don't know if that's the problem here. I mean, say what you will about Gaddis; He he didn't get bored last year just cramming it down your throat. I mean, we saw right. their, their only pass play, I think, was a tight end release. So it's like I just wonder if, you know, when the ships are down, and let's say we drop down to 10-0 to Ohio State, and we I wonder if they decide to just abandon the run. I, I can't help but think that as I'm watching that Penn State is a one negative. I still think it's these offensive coordinators. I still think they got some figuring out to do.
2: Don't you think, though, say, that if they get stopped running? Let me just jump in real quick. Yeah, yeah, do you yeah. think if they if they get stopped running that J.J. and the, and the receivers they have, they can change mode quickly and still guess, do damage in the air? This
3: is what I was actually, you know, at this watch party, what I was discussing is have you guys noticed that this like this new like vertical offense? I mean I feel like we saw more deep bombs last year with Cade and I yeah. don't know if that's coordinators. I don't know if that's if that's McCarthy, you know being a smart decision maker. I don't know what that is. but I haven't really noticed a totally different offense this year under McCarthy other mm-hmm. than like you said, that he can run with his legs. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't. I don't know as much of a difference between him and Caden and their throwing ability. Right.
1: That's that's the one thing I was gonna say is I don't know if he threw. I'd be curious to see the numbers if he threw a ball past like twenty yards Again, He didn't need to yeah. against right. Penn State. Yeah. But like to your point, Ted, if they do have to open it up, say even say Michigan State, you know, starts kind of slowing Corum down, and JJ kind of has to go win the game. Yes, they yes they obviously practice stuff, but like, are they comfortable in a game? If he has to air it out, you know, I mm-hmm. guess that's you know, we, it remains to be seen. I think but he'd I be w- okay. The big thing to me, I love the way he throws the ball on the run. I, I would put him on the move every time. The way he throws the ball on the run, and he can run if he needs to. That that's where it opens up to me. And you know, I just I, I think right now, I think I said it last week or the week before. I just feel like with Michigan right now, if they play their game. Kind of like what Jared said too. I think they're fine in the Big Ten schedule. Uh, Ohio State maybe a flip of the coin, but if they play their game and don't throw an interception off of the helmet of a defender or whatever, yeah, they're they're going to be fine. Yeah, they they should be fine. I'm not worried well,
3: about Ohio State. It's it's the it's the contrasting styles. And if I'm going to pick, you know, whether you can throw the ball on anyone or you can run the ball on anyone, I'm going to I'm going to pick run every day of the week.
2: But you're not worried about Ohio State at the horseshoe. Both teams possibly oh, I mean, undefeated.
3: I'll be, be shitting bricks come that Saturday, but <laughs> look we got a long time to worry about it. And I'll tell you what, the Saturday may I feel a lot better today than I did on uh Saturday morning. It, yeah. It, 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 what what will change? Ohio State's not gonna be this totally different defense from last year. This is exactly what we did to Ohio State last year. Yeah, I right. just I don't I, I just love what I'm seeing from Harbaugh in this this program. Yep. Yeah. It's exactly the style we needed to adopt. You see these teams like Michigan State trying to you know copy Ohio State. We need the to, to, to zig when they zag. And yeah. we and we've done it and we've mastered it.
2: Kind well, of to know, that
1: point, what you're saying with, with Michigan State. I don't know if Ted, you were gonna
2: I was gonna start in the Michigan State a little bit, yeah.
1: Yeah, like do we I, I've been texting some friends and I'm I'm trying to stay back. I, I don't want to be like, God, Michigan State's so bad, Michigan's gonna win no. by 30. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. We won't because do that. I, I do honestly, I I do think that through the air, Thorne and Reed and some of these other dudes could pose a threat to Michigan if they yeah. If they just go full air raid, kind of like we said, Jared, if they go full Ohio State and say, you know what? I have to. All right? We're not going to beat Michigan on the ground. You know, you got to run the ball at least a little bit. But let's let Thorne air it out and hope Reed just has like a career day. And, I mean, we Michigan's defensive backs are good, but we've seen them get penalties and, you know, get beat a little bit. So, honestly, that that's what worries me the most. There's no Kenneth Walker over there, so I'm not worried about that. But if Thorne goes out there and has a Rocky Lombardi day, like, you know, in 2020,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I, you know, Michigan could be in trouble. I don't know.
3: Yeah. No, Peyton Thorne ate a great game against Wisconsin. And yeah. can, well, let's just talk about that game real quick. Yeah. Uh, sure. And then we'll, we'll segue to the Michigan uh, Yeah,
1: Yeah, I was kind of talking about that. You know, Thorne yeah. looked really good.
3: He, he did. 21, you know, 21-29, two touchdowns, 290, had a big-time throw to read, which RG3 called. NLP. RG3, I've come full circle on him. I, I didn't like him, uh, you know, as an announcer, like, you know, in the past couple of years or even earlier this year. But I love it. he Because that game, that Michigan State Wisconsin game, there's a lot of announcers who would have phoned it in. Ted, I was even texting you during the Tennessee-Alabama game. I, I normally don't ever comment on the announcers. And I feel stupid saying that about, you know, Danielson because how good they are. They just it didn't seem like they had the juice that that game required. Like if a Gus Johnson was calling it or yeah. if a Kirk Herbstree and Fowler were calling it. I don't know. Something about it just seemed off to me, even though I love this CBS production of SEC games. But Robert Griffin brought some juice to that game. Uh, and I loved it. He called, you know, Jaden Reno, that touchdown game winner, walking off, called it right before the snap happened. I even had to rewind it and watched it. Um, but in terms of Michigan State and what I saw in that game, we got to talk about Mel Tucker's near debacle. Uh, yeah. It was a Dan Campbell-esque debacle at the end of that game. 24 seconds left. No timeouts left. They're easily in field goal range. Basically, everyone's just expecting them to, you know, run a play to the left, get it to the left hash for the or to the right hash, whatever it would have been left hash for a left-footed kicker. What do they do? They run this little like jet bubble screen to read. He's tackled immediately, <laughs> and then the next thing you know, it's like it's a fire drill, sprinting off the field, bringing the kicking unit out. It's mass chaos, and it's just, and they end up blowing it what was that and why is nobody talking about that i understand they won but even at the time on twitter i was like oh this twitter's gonna have a heyday about this no one was talking about it right
1: maybe maybe because maybe because overtime happened immediately you know something like that but yeah that like you said that was a near if if they would end up losing that game in overtime they're not firing mel tucker but you're (laughs) you're getting a lot of questions because it was it was like what kind of play was it like what what were you expecting to get out of that? Were, were you right. expecting Reed to like get a first down or maybe he picks up some yards, gets out of bounds? Like, it really is like, what were you trying to get out of that play? Because, right, all of a sudden the, the field goal units running on, and it was just like, they're going to screw this up. And, and sure enough, they botched a that snap. Play-
3: it would have lived in infamy if, if yeah. they didn't somehow found a way to win that game, because it, you, it's like, that's a funny thing Dad Matt or Matt, I, I don't know if, if somebody with the greatest football mind could not explain what they were trying to gain out of that. Right. It was just a quick screen tackled immediately he he had no chance of getting out of bounds. Right. he what does he maybe gain at best 5 yards turns uh, whatever it was you know a 45 yarder to a 40 yarder uh, and instead you trade out you know just taking your time on this field goal for having to sprint this kicker out and we saw what happened it just right. made no sense
1: yeah. and then they come in and then they come in in the first play of overtime they run a wide receiver screen pass for a touchdown
2: it was like yeah. this is the this is the weirdest game ever
0: <laughs> it was. i love
2: that call that was pretty sweet <laughs> yeah it was it was, that was during, that was during my Saturday, fellas. It was just an incredible day. Cause a lot mm-hmm. of time on, on game day, Saturdays, I'll watch the Michigan game. I'll half heartedly watch the Michigan state game, but with so many good contests, including Tennessee, Alabama going on at the same time as Michigan state. And they virtually ended at the same time. Yeah, I mean, Jared said he, him and I were texting back and forth. I think I texted once that uh Tennessee's going to lose this game and then all of a sudden that that last sequence and then knuckleball field goal for the win. It was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Yeah, and yeah. a whole bunch of other good games going on. And on top of that, Major League Baseball had some classics, including an 18-inning 0-0 game until the 18th.
1: That's <laughs> the second one of this playoffs, too. I, yeah. There's, I mean, yes, that's cool, but I'm not sitting around for 18 innings no. watching a 0-0 game. I mean, See, I, I get it. I'm way it's, different. It's
2: awesome. It was, uh, trust me. Play, I, we couldn't I, turn the channel.
1: I get it. I, it. I, I, trust me. i I am. I understand because playoff baseball, <laughs> man. It, it is. There's nothing like playoff
3: baseball. Yeah.
1: 18 innings at 0 Yeah. I need some scoring. I mean, give me give me I, something.
3: I, dude, that I mean, it, it's funny how different the two games between Michigan Michigan State was. And I, I'll be. I, I'm lying. I turned on the baseball game. I like was trying to like force myself to watch it. You know. And I almost came to a realization, like, man, baseball is just, like, severely flawed. That game should have – like you said, I should have not been able to turn the channel. It was like torture watching it. Yeah. I just There's the out, generation. Man, I love baseball. I'm starting to come around to the baseball train. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm for baseball. I love the Tigers, man. I just – at its peak, that sport, it just still can't compete with a Tennessee-Alabama game. Right. Honestly, in my opinion, still can't compete with a Michigan State versus Wisconsin game. It's just two different sports. It's nothing that the MLB is doing wrong – it's just the sport as it is, man. Uh, but I was I kind of tweeted it out, and then
2: I realized Ted I wants to get it. in. Ted wants to defend baseball. I'll button up, no. Nope. <laughs> it's now, a generational I'm, thing. It's absolutely generational. I don't know how man? That's baseball I, at I, its maybe, finest, man. You know, you don't have to see a, a 10, 9, 10 to nine game, man. You got your rotating pitchers in. It's it's high drama. The winner of the game could be closing it out. I mean. I agree with you. It's a long sit, man, because I had other things I could have watched on Saturday night, but there was no way I was changing it once I did. In fact, I was going back and forth. I wasn't going back and forth to college football at that time. I was going back to the Yankees game and and the Guardians. I mean, in that game, by the time the 18-inning game got over, they were already in the seventh inning going to the eighth. It was was supposed to start afterwards. (laughs) It's but I disagree. I'm, I'm definitely disagree. I, my wife and I were both just 100% tuned into that 18 inning game. It was maybe awesome. maybe
1: part of maybe part of the disdain for 18 inning games comes from working in television production and and <laughs> oh working working those games time. when you're sitting in there for. Five hours and you're just like God. Someone please score. Someone please score a run. It's got to be tough.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I feel bad for them. At least it was a playoff game where you're yeah, like yeah. I said. You hopefully they were like sitting on the edge of their seat during this. I wasn't, but uh um no, it was sucks, man. And I texted you that Ted. I don't think you ever said it, but I missed the ending of the Tennessee game. Yeah, I because I, 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 I was watching the end of Michigan, Michigan State. State. I don't know. I wasn't thinking. I was like watching the celebration. I was watching you know the crowd, like <laughs> pretty solid crowd. I'll be honest. I, tip your hat to Michigan Not State. Bad not a bad crowd for two lackluster teams. Yeah. Uh, they did it pretty well. They made themselves heard. But no, I ended up missing it. But what what can we say about the Tennessee Alabama game? Here's my biggest takeaway I think from this college football season. We were laughing last week or I was, you know, kind of shitting on Guessing this season. It. I didn't feel like it was a great season. It, it it ended up being a great Saturday that made up for this, you know, lackluster first few weeks. But my, I think I my mean, biggest takeaway of college football this year I think there's just a lot of stud quarterbacks this year. Yeah, Uh, You know, Caleb Williams, I'm watching the highlights of USC versus Utah this morning. He was making some incredible plays. Uh, You know, Hen and Hooker, Bryce Young, they both are going toe for toe with each other. It's just been one hell of a year. I'm loving every second, but I think it's the year of the college football quarterback. And then Stroud, throw him out there. It It makes McCarthy look like a scrub. Compared to these guys, so it, it's that's my biggest takeaway from yesterday. Who do you pick,
2: Who do you take right now if you're the Lions and you got an opportunity to pick one of those you just mentioned?
3: Caleb Williams. I was. I think I'm leaning his way too. He's. I like everything about him. I, I just mm-hmm. think he's a good kid, good head on his shoulders. I, I like him a lot. Uh, the big Brace thing to gun, me. I think he's a stud, still a great leader. I mean, he's almost like a one man team. It seems like sometimes yeah. on Alabama, which is crazy to think with Alabama, but that just shows how good the SEC is. Uh, so I Alabama lost le- it.
1: Alabama lost like all their receivers. Their their yeah. receiving room is depleted. If if you put Michigan's receiving room at Alabama, Bryce Young would be running away with the Heisman probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Caleb Williams, the big thing to me, CJ Stroud. What what Ohio State quarterback has been good in the NFL? And yeah. I know that doesn't mean CJ Stroud won't be good, but it's hard not to think about that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Ohio State quarterbacks just aren't good in the NFL. So that that's what that would be one of my things. See, Caleb Williams, not that I watch every single USC game or whatever, but he just looks the part you know
2: yeah so he like six two six three I know uh Bryce Young they say he might even be under six foot that's a little bit of yeah a He concern. that's the one thing
3: that makes me nervous he seems like a great leader I yeah. mean Saban loves him like you just I don't think Saban's ever yelled at him and Saban yells at everybody especially yeah, his quarterback for, that's
2: for sure um,
3: <laughs> never never you never see him do that to, to Young even if he makes a mistake man so I just right. think he's a great leader but yeah I just worry about his size sort yeah. of like the same thing with Tua Never really yeah. questioned anything about two other than if you could stay on the field and be healthy. Right. Um, but what about that ending of that Tennessee Bama game? What how legit, Matt? You're in the heart of it. SEC country. SEC is just better. Just is. I mean, I love Michigan, I love the big house, yeah. I love the environment. I mean, it literally looked like they had won the Super Bowl after that game. The 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 tearing down the goalposts, the like fireworks show. Uh, I mean, we saw the post game, uh, interview, uh, it looked like just pure pandemonium. Like, it was right. like a riot was about to break out. I mean, it's just different down there and what a moment it was for Tennessee. I mean, that was like, oh, uh, that was us last year beating Ohio state. That's exactly what they felt this weekend.
1: That's, that's what I was going to say that it, it reminded me of when Michigan beat in Ohio state last year, but like, like you kind of said in the big 10 games like that don't happen every year. Like that was, you know, uh almost like a generational type of, you know, once in a generation epic epic type of win for Michigan. He's happened all the time in the SEC, whether it's the Iron Bowl, whether it's the Egg Bowl with Mississippi State Ole Miss, or whether it's, you know, this game, Tennessee, Alabama, finally, you know, living up to the hype, not necessarily every week, but multiple times a year, there are games like this in the SEC. And I'm always going to be a Big Ten guy, of course, but it's hard not to notice that because, I mean that if you know whether it's the kick six or you know a, a bunch of these other finishes in the SEC you just don't have those in the Big 10 all the time cool yeah. we had a double overtime Michigan State Wisconsin game Cool. It looked like yeah.
3: you know, it looked like it was like division three versus division one when you were right. flipping channels, like the production, like just everything yeah. about it, man. Right. And like the lighting on the field. It was it was incredible to switch back and forth at the same time with those two games. Even though, like yeah. I said, Michigan State, give them props, man. It, yeah. it good win. I do want
2: to che- I, I do want to correct you on one thing. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm full of it. I don't think it was RG three that was working the Michigan State game, was it?
3: Well, I mean, I'll double check. I thought it was.
2: Yeah, double check that because I don't I, think I don't that. think it was. I'd be, I mean, I didn't really
3: know work. if I was wrong on that. Like I said, I was kind of mostly eyes were on Tennessee for his
2: Absolutely. Care. Well, I do. Before we wrap up, too, we got to talk a little bit about the uh,
0: the uh, yep, you're right. Spencer game. Tillman
2: dead wrong. That's what I thought. Spencer wow, Tillman idiots. Yeah, I just wanted to help correct you here a little bit. I <laughs> want people to say what a dummy. <laughs> no, I am a dummy. I'll be the first to admit it, man.
1: <laughs> Real quick though, RG three has been making a name for himself. He's as
3: good. As well hey. again.
2: He's good. He,
3: he is He still stands, but uh yeah, no, I, I'll give credit. Spencer Tillman. Yeah, Peanut Tillman.
2: He's underrated, man. Brando and him are a pretty good team, actually. Yeah. I like them. I'm not a not a big Brando fan. No, but hey, he's all right. But uh before we wrap up, you know, your guys did it. You beat Tony Anise, Grand Valley, with the win. That was a huge I, W. One one, one, one versus two. two.
1: Yep, <sighs> one versus two in, in D2 football. Obviously, I saw coming into the game, Ferris State had the longest winning streak. Um, in all divisions, I think they were, they had won 19 straight. So Mm -hmm. anyway, we've talked to, well, we talked to coach Anise after they won the national title. So, I mean, definitely go check that conversation out if you didn't hear it, but (laughs) Oh, fair States kind of had grand Valley's number, you know, uh, the last handful of years or whatever. So it's a big win for grand Valley.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. And you know, it just shows that that GLIAC, that is a that's a tough yeah. Division two league, one of the best. You know, even Saginaw Valley with Ryan Brady. I mean, they they have two losses. I think they're only two losses with Grand Valley and Ferris in both yeah. close games.
3: Yeah, no, it, I mean, I, I I'm not rooting for Grand Valley in that game. I'll be honest. you know, I think we're yeah. all kind of pulling for Ferris in that matchup, obviously. But in terms of the it's just in the the rivalry in general it's, it's kind of almost was like Michigan, Ohio State for a period there, which just speaks how good Ferris and Tony have been. Yeah. where like they like Grand Valley really needed a win, man, to keep yeah. this rivalry, keep the juice flowing in it. And you know, chances are they're gonna face each other in playoffs. So believe yep. me, Ferris, you haven't heard the last from Ferris. So
2: congrats to the Lakers for this week, anyway. Right. Well, is there anything else we got to get off the table, boys? I know we're we're a little in overtime. I think we've I don't covered think everything we so. want. Isn't it?
1: Isn't it a lot more enjoyable on a Sunday when the Lions aren't playing?
2: <laughs> yeah, a lot less stress.
1: Yeah, <laughs> sure, job.
3: Let's hope they figured some things out over the bye week, man. I mean, it's yeah, we're lucky we didn't have a lions f up today because we we're kind of the pods going long as is. So we're kind of almost thank God for that as well. Cause right. we probably could knowing them. And next week we'll probably have thirty minutes to talk about how they screwed something up. So probably. <laughs>
2: for us. Well, we'll see what Dan Campbell has in store for us. You know, we can't help but see today. You know, you see the Giants now five and one. You see the Jets four and two with Sala, who wasn't good enough to be offered a contract with the Near Lions.
3: More native. native.
2: And yeah, yep. right from Detroit. So uh, a lot to remain to, to, in the crystal ball for the Lions and Campbell, but uh, we'll still watch them every week. So we did yep. get a break today. I did do a few things outside myself, so yep. I didn't have to have that stress. Yep, got to do it. All right, fellas. Uh, just a reminder to everybody, this has been the Three Point, Pro- Three Point Podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare, home of the new Now Community Wellness Center. Don't forget to join us for the fall open house on November 16th from four to seven. There's tours, raffles, smoothie samples, all kinds of good stuff, including 50% off enrollment fees. And there will also be a tabletop show with over 30 vendors. It all takes place November 16th at the Now Building on North Shiawassee in Owasso, Michigan. Also, we want to thank SkyMint Cannabis, Michigan's leader in the industry with many convenient locations throughout Michigan. Use that coupon code at the Corona store, 3.20 for 20, 20% off your first purchase. You know, if you are a user, you know, stock up and take that 20% off. You'll be happy you didn't. De- definitely check out their new SkyMet Reserve. It's the good stuff. Also, make sure you let all our great partners know you listen in and enjoy the program. They include AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse and Hit and Pitch Pro Real Estate and Auction, NC- NCG Cinemas. Uh, definitely, they're partnered up for us for the big giveaway at Rivals on Michigan, Michigan State Day. A football autographed by the coach himself, Jim Harbaugh, and we want to thank them for that. also want to thank Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Taphouse & Grill, Success Group Mortgage & Servicing. Special thanks tonight to Brian Calloway of the Lansing State Journal, and uh, don't forget to catch uh, the great country band Shy town October 22nd at the Twisted Bull in Grand Rapids, and they had a big uh, signing. Uh, somebody saw them play down in Royal Oak, and they are signed up for a three-night gig at uh, uh, one of the best country bars in pittsburgh pennsylvania three night stand uh jared it might it might mess up our opening day at comerica because it's opening day at pnc and i think it's the same weekend isn't that great
1: yeah that's that's awesome i mean you get any sort of like set three like a festival type of that that's got to be exciting for them
2: yeah three nights at the at the tequila cowboy and like i said uh, it was a a promoter that saw them play at Royal Oak. So that's good stuff right there. Congrats to Chi-Town. Also, our Z92.5 game of the week coming up Friday, October 14th. It's a good one. Old MMB rivals, Corona at Ovid Elsie. You can hear that all right around 645 Friday night. So until next week, so long, everybody. Peace and love. Be kind. Thanks for listening.